Welcome. It's another edition of the Boiler Basketball Show. 1017 Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. Across the console for me, Jeff Julik, as uh, we spend the entire hour special guests talking uh, Boilermaker and Big Ten hoops with you here. It has been a nice run for the Boilermakers uh, over the last uh, week or so. Uh, Zach Eady, your Big Ten Player of the Week, all kinds of 30-plus point games. Maybe didn't get it done in the last one as much as some fans would like, but you can't argue with those results, Jeff, as uh, the Boilermakers get booed. The backups got booed at the end of that game on Tuesday for not getting the Hunter Burger. I don't think they were booing. Uh, They're booing the, the decision to not go yeah, for it. I yeah. get it. They but were come on. The coach holding his hand up. Yeah, so. you know. You guys know. And you've heard him talk about it, too. I was a little disheartened, but I know that's not indicative of everybody. I know you want to see that. And, um,. Yeah, I know there's probably a guy that, uh, if, if there's, I shouldn't say this, but of all the guys, there's a lot of guys in the Big Ten, uh, but Juwan Howard might like be to, one of those you where you, hang 100 on? yeah, yeah Juwan Howard's one of those guys where you just might go, you know what, I'll sleep well at night, it's okay. But uh, Matt Painter says, no, let's not do that. Uh, but the backup's got plenty of good run in that one. And anytime that happens in a Big Ten game, Jeff, you you got to be happy, just to Tremendous performance all around on Tuesday. Braden Smith uh, with those 10 assists, uh, three rebounds shy of that triple-double. Uh, Lance Jones, who I didn't realize he could be a scorer like that. I thought he could score, but my goodness, we're getting, I'm in the 20s with Lance Jones right now. What's going on here? Yeah, I tell you what. I mean, he's obviously been such an impact on this basketball team, and, and, and that's the beauty about this team. I mean, you know, you mentioned Zach had a off night with uh, with what only uh, sixteen points and ten rebounds, but a, Zach has knows when he needs to score and when he doesn't need to score, and he didn't need to score the other night because the supporting cast was fin- fantastic. Oh, shoot, like sixty seven percent from three, I think, in that one, something like that. Yeah, I mean, they were hitting their threes, and I mean, you know, Lance just was on fire, and and what a game out of Braden Smith. I mean, goes uh, what eleven points on four for four shooting. And then, you know, with, with 10 assists, they almost had the triple-double. You know, if he had stayed in the game, I'm sure he probably would have had the triple-double. So, I mean, this team can beat you in so many different ways. And it, it, when they need Zach to get 30, he'll get you 30. But when everybody else is, is, is playing the way they're playing, some nights you don't need Zach to have 30. And, you know, the real just the state of the Michigan program right now, it's just it's rough. Lance Jones, I mean, just picking on Llewellyn. I, that guy's out there doesn't even look like he can bend one of his legs. I thought I thought Lance was going to snatch his other ACL at one point, picking his pocket in the backcourt. I mean, it just I felt I I felt bad for Llewellyn that, that Doug McDaniel can't make these road trips because he doesn't go to some classes, and so they're going to put out a guy that looks like he's probably not even fully recovered from his you know last knee surgery out there trying to. Run an offense for Michigan. It's just like and another thing that that nobody noticed. I mean, Llewellyn had a, a cut, a big time cut, and his uh, his knee brace was bleeding. And they at one point the officials during a timeout made him replace it, and they put another one on. And within a minute or two, it was also covered in blood. So I mean, I felt you know, I felt real. He bad just had for a really tough. He, night he does not because, look like he he needs to be out there or wants to be out there right now. He just kind of seems like a kid that. You know, you probably need another like three, four months of rehab to really get that thing going. You shouldn't be playing on a massive ACL brace like that. That's just that seems ridiculous to me. And keep in mind, had he committed to Purdue, we would not have Braden Smith because uh, when he decided to uh, commit to Harvard, that uh, uh, left them a player short, and that's when Matt uh, offered uh, Braden Smith, and boy, that's worked out well. Yeah, funny how that. 
works works out here. But fans were very excited about the win on Tuesday. Uh, a lot uh, obviously being put on Lance Jones. Um, I, I've seen people asking if he's the best transfer in Purdue history. I mean, certainly it's a that's a short history, but um, that's a possibility, I would suppose. That's probably a good question for our buddy Alan Carpet coming up here in a little bit. But you know, I I said this. You, you want to talk about the the Llewellyn thing? I, I tweeted this out, and I thought it was a hot take that. The loss last year in the NCAA tournament, I feel like I almost want to take that. This is how much I love Lance Jones. I am willing to take that as a means to get Lance here. And, and, and hindsight's always twenty twenty, yeah. right? But if Nigel Pack doesn't decide to go and cash that uh, life alert check or whatever the heck company that was for Miami, uh-huh. yeah, and uh, and cash that check. Uh, Nigel Pack's here. Now, do I think this team would have been pretty good with Nigel Pack last year and this year? Yeah, yeah. But to see the way that Lance plays has endeared himself to the fans and the program, uh, I, I just feel like wherever the chips fall, I'm, I'm happy with that as a purist a little bit that, uh, that that's the that that's what that resulted in. I, I know it sounds weird. I much rather have a tournament no, run. It's not most weird. people are saying, but I, that's how much I'm just trying to put in perspective how much I like seeing Lance Jones out there. Well, you know, one of the problems with with this transfer portal is how quickly these kids sign, and and you know, Matt Painter is, just recruits the right kids, so he had the opportunity to bring Lance in and spend a few days with him, and obviously he knew the background from Southern Illinois. And this How was, was that Southern Illinois team not like exactly with, with him and Damask? Yeah. Like you're like, what, what are but, they doing over there? So, so he had the opportunity to fi- figure out this is a great kid, and you bring this kid in who was had to be a scorer for SIU. They needed him. I mean, he put up a lot of points, but now all of a sudden he doesn't need to be the scorer. Okay, they brought him in to play defense and give him that athletic guard. I don't think they really thought that he was going to go off like he is. All well, we of a all sudden. went. Well, we all went off on. That. I should say we all went off on it. But a lot of us said we need some three point shooting from that guard spot. And this is a guy who didn't really shoot well yeah, last boy. year. He was okay in his career, but I think a lot of us were like, ah, man, yeah. this is this. A lot of people came out and said this is just because we've missed out on everybody else and we're just taking them to take them. And uh, look. I think we both uh, talked about this. I know I said it on the show. Is he just doesn't take people to take people. Um, you know, there's a reason he takes folks, but I was expecting something a little bit different. I, I said on the show this week, I ate a little bit of the crow on, on Wednesday about it, that, you know, so many people were in the mentions about being upset with Matt Painter because they brought him in and not being what they wanted. And uh, now all of a sudden, Matt's kind of sitting back like, I. Yeah, you, you see, uh-huh. but yet you still criticize all the time, don't well, you? And, and he wasn't a top 100 transfer. If you, I saw an article this week that he wasn't even close to being a top 100 transfer. Now, all of a sudden, when they go back and revisit, he's a top 25 transfer in the country because he's been so impactful for Purdue. And all of a sudden now, Zach Eady doesn't have to score all the time because he's got so many weapons. You've got Fletcher, you've got Braden, and now you have Lance Jones. And, and the, the best part about there has been so much pressure on this team coming off that loss to Farley Dickinson last year, and now all of a sudden you've got a player on this team who is cracking them up, who is dancing, who is keeping them loose, and I think that is a factor that goes goes unnoticed. I mean, he has done a tremendous job of keeping these guys loose, and I'll tell you right now, 
I would not want to be the first team that Purdue places faces in the NCAA tournament because I think it's going to be an absolute massacre. Well, you're a 16 seed. You usually well, don't want to be Well, we saw a 16 seed last year. I just think Purdue's yeah. going to take care of business and move on, and you're going to owe that to Lance Jones just because the fact that he knows how to keep this team loose, and if you need a defensive stopper, he's your man. And I'll tell you what, Matt Painter does it again. He's He is definitely the uh, – godfather when it comes to uh, recruiting the players at Purdue. And I'm going to wonder, if you're looking towards the future, you know, post-Sack Edie here at Purdue, uh, and you're trying to, you know, obviously a lot of great guys coming in, Jakari Harris coming, Cannon Catching, so now you're trying to map this out in, in the way you think it's going to go. Uh, i got to wonder if Matt Painter isn't putting, uh, again, a premium on having a second ball handler out there with Braden Smith because it's paid off so much in terms of, of you know making perimeter shooters available and uh, just just overall the flow of it just seems to be working out a whole lot better. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and you know they do get open shots because of all the attention that Zach gets. But yeah, you and you like you say next year going to be a different team and that's going to be the fun of it. But a lot of talent coming in, and you know, and when you look at Purdue's bench, I, I wanted to ask Al on this. I mean, how many points a game would our bench score if they were playing 25, 30 minutes? I mean, there is so much talent on that bench, and they've all accepted their roles. I mean, you know, your player, we, we saw what Kaufman Wren did against Illinois when he went for 23 when Zach was in foul trouble. I mean, I wonder how many points Cam Heidi would have if he played, say, 30 minutes a game. I mean, he. Does well, just the development of him to be able to find the flow. Yeah. I, I mean, love Cam. He gets a three off, you know, he gets that one three off, a couple of athletic plays and stuff. And, you know, that's about what he gets out of that seven, eight minutes or so. It's not always the most opportunities, but the seed that it'll be great to see him develop and then become a little bit more of a focal point. But my goodness, uh, if we're looking into the future and you're thinking about having a Jakari Harris out there, you're having a Cam Heidi out Jacobson. there, you're, you're Jacobson, who, you know, might even just redshirt at this point. Uh, you Cannon Catchings coming in. And then, oh, hold on a second. You still got Braden Smith. You still got Fletcher Lawyer. My gosh, you got a Trey Kaufman Wren who is going to be a fantastic post player in the future in the Big Ten. And, and it's looking very darn bright for the Boilermakers going forward. And you got the 16 kid out of Cincinnati who's one of the top players in the state of Ohio who can come out and stretch you. And I mean, there's so much talent coming in next year and with this team. I mean, I know we're not going to be as good as we are this year, next year, but, you know, come on, this is one of the best Purdue teams ever, if not the best team ever. And, you know, but they're going to be very good next year just because the, the talent is there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Alan Carp at goldenblack.com. Our good buddy's going to join us next here on uh, Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Athletics. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis. That is Jeff Julikin. On the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, you know him, you love him. It's Alan Karpik of GoldenBlack.com. It is a go-to resource for everything Purdue sports that you need to know, all the insider stuff, and uh, so much great content. Make sure you pick up a subscription. They do have great free stuff, so make sure you go check it out, even if you don't have a subscription. But I'm telling you, uh, you want to subscribe because it's just great stuff. Al, a uh, happy Friday to you, buddy, here. Um, Purdue just cruising right now, feeling good. Big win on Tuesday night. Lance Jones uh, took over the scoring role. It was the fifth uh, Boilermaker this season to lead Purdue in scoring. Um, uh, We talked about this a little bit at the top of the show. That was a guy, Matt Painter brought him in, and I don't think a majority of the fan base was super thrilled thinking that they needed something different, they needed somebody else. But as usual, Matt Painter knows best. And now we've gone from, uh, I don't know about this, Matt, to, well, 
Lance might be the best transfer in Purdue history. Uh, it's quite the journey the fans have gone on with Lance Jones. Well, I mean, he's just uh, he's just produced. I mean, I think you see a guy that you thought would be a complimentary player and a guy that would come in and, and do the job at, at a good level and fill a void, and now he's a primary guy. And uh, that's uh, that's been very, very impressive. And, and he is the X factor for Purdue. He is a guy that uh, I think can, can, can make Purdue different than – then uh, uh, just because of what he brings to the table from a speed standpoint, um, all those things, um, uh, uh, and aggressiveness, and the fact that he doesn't have a memory, not that you know, not that all the Purdue's memories in the last two or three years have been bad, but he didn't experience any of those things in terms of um, uh, the disappointments in the NCAA tournament. He's just got that on his own, his own background, his own edge, and uh, he's played it very, very well. And Alan, the uh, Revenge Tour 24 kicks off this weekend as they head to, uh, they will actually face two teams who took away number one rankings from the Boilermakers the last few years. So they head to the rack where they play a uh, a Rutgers team who, quite frankly, is a bad offensive team. They've, they've had trouble scoring the basketball. And then, then next week, uh, seems like forever since Northwestern's been in, in Mackey Arena, but Northwestern heads to town. So how do you see those games? Well, I, I think that uh, certainly... The fact of what's going on at the rack, the rack of Jersey Mike's Arena the last uh, three times Purdue has been there will have uh, Purdue will be at full attention. And I think the thing that's been interesting about Purdue is, has been their ability to uh, uh, just kind of take care of business for the most part. Yes, they didn't beat Northwestern and beat uh, Nebraska, but if you look at both of those games, uh, they were aberrations in a lot of ways. Uh, yes, Purdue turned the ball over a little bit too much, and Nebraska still. Sh- Still, still was making shots in that game. Uh, so it, it, it is, uh, it is what it is. But I think I like Purdue's chances. I think Northwestern and Illinois, the game on Wednesday night, is one of the best college basketball games I've seen in a while, just in terms of a competitive game. Northwestern finds a way to win games at home, um, and uh, that's probably the that's probably the operative word here is that uh, this is a team that is that has played well at home. Uh, hasn't played as well. I mean, look what happened in the game against Illinois. They lose to Illinois by 30 on January 2nd. Uh, they come at home, at, at Illinois, I should say, and they come back and beat Illinois in overtime. So I expect Purdue to do well in the, both of those games and, and be able to survive in advance. But Boo Booey has been unbelievable. I mean, he is a, you know, you think about how good Braden Smith has been and beat at all Big, big Ten level, but when you think about Boo Booey and Jameer Young, at uh, Maryland as well, they're pretty shut down. Junior Young, but uh, those guys have been really good. It's going to be tough for Braden Smith to, to to make first team All Big Ten just because of those two guys. And by the way, that Illinois team when they uh, lost by thirty, uh, Alan, I believe that was no Terrence Shannon Jr. in that game, and then they got him back for this one. And uh, well, uh, we saw how that went uh, overtime, and, and, and that win too. Really does Purdue a favor? I mean, that knocks them back to what, like, what two and a half games back? I mean, I don't want to say this is a two horse race at this point, but you look at what everybody's got left with, with uh, like eleven some odd games left, and you say, uh, you know, a two and a half. Boy, you need a lot of help to uh, to, to get those three games back someplace. It, it, this may be down to Purdue and Wisconsin at this point. Uh, will you write off uh, Illinois and Northwestern at this point, or do you feel like they still have a shot uh, at, at making uh, the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament? Well, I think you, I'll let you know after Wednesday night. I mean, I think Purdue's got to take care of business, and, and I expect Purdue to do that. Um, I really do. Uh, I think that uh, that, but that uh, 
Illinois is really talented. I mean, we saw that. And Terrence Shannon uh, played, you know, didn't have a big offensive game in the game against uh, against Northwestern. But uh, we'll see how they continue to evolve with them. They're very dangerous. Uh, whether they can whether they can win enough games uh, in the league, I, I think it's a three horse race still. I, I think Illinois is can still be in it, but I also don't think Purdue's going to lose very many more games, uh, if any. Now, I've been saying this every week, well, Purdue's going to lose a game, and they pro- it probably will, but uh, I'm just not sure where they're going to lose. I mean, obviously, Wisconsin on the on the 4th of February is going to be a tough game, and there'll be other tough games. I mean, going to Ohio State is dangerous. Purdue has to go to Illinois uh, the last week of the season, but uh, I like Purdue's chances and where Purdue sits. But what's interesting is that uh, Purdue will not, uh, you know, win it by three games. I don't think this year like it did last year. It's not going to be a, not that it was a cakewalk last year, but uh, I don't see that being uh, that type of scenario. I don't see Wisconsin falling down uh, that much here in the next few weeks. Yeah, but, you know, uh, Wisconsin's got Michigan State tonight, and that's a Two and a half point home favorite. That's a – like? I'll take Wisconsin. That's a dangerous game for them, and then, uh, you know, they still got to play the Boilers twice, so – and they yeah, haven't played, right. they and, haven't and, played and, Illinois yet, so that's uh, right. And, but and, that's and, home and, too. They have yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. They, that's the problem. Wisconsin's got a very, very advantageous home schedule, and it certainly got my attention when they lose at Penn State. Uh, they should, I just they should have lost to Minnesota. They, but they yes. certainly could have lost to Minnesota, and I think that that's uh, uh, you know it is an interesting thing that uh, makes uh, makes this whole thing. Uh, uh, I think going to be competitive down the stretch, so I think Purdue is still clearly the best team of the Big Ten, and it's shown that. It just uh, it just fell back a couple games that uh, you'd like to have back. You know, and Alan, in, in previous years, you could say that Purdue almost peaked in their November-December games when they really just took care of business. But this team appears to me as they're getting better and better each game, and and that's just something I don't think we've seen in recent years where you know, they are basically doing what's you just not heard of. You just don't blow people out in the Big Ten by by 15 to 20 points, especially on the road, and that's what they've done the last couple few games with, with their victory at IU and their victory at Iowa. So, And, and I fully expect them to go in and beat, beat Rutgers by 15 points or so. I mean, this team is just getting better and better, and uh, that tells me that they've got one thing in mind, and that is uh, uh, being ready for NCAA tournament time. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of signs this team's just better. I mean, it's it's another year of another year of uh, maturity. You know, it's been well documented. Just the Smith lawyer factor. If they're just a year older, though, they were very good last year. People forget too. Last year was not. Even though I understand Purdue was number one and number number one for a for a long time. Uh, uh, it, uh, it is, it, it just should be, should have been, uh, uh, this is the year, I guess is my point. And I think that, uh, it was a little bit, a year, a, little, a year early, uh, from that. And I think that, uh, this team's just matured and you throw in Cam and Heidi and, uh, Lance Jones, uh, that have made such a big difference to this basketball team. Uh, it's a, it's just a different team. And I think a team well built. Uh, again, because of those two guys, not solely because of those two guys, but they're just built for if somebody's not making plays on the road, uh, you're going to put somebody else in to do the job. And uh, you've seen that a time or two, even with Fletcher Lawyer, as good as Lawyer has been when he's been off. And I'm trying to think of the example of the home game. might have been the Illinois game at home uh, where you uh, where, where Matt Painter, you know, 
had a defensive matchup, things that just didn't go. Uh, uh, the lawyer wasn't having as good game. I'm using his him as an example because lawyer's been very good. But the point is, he's got a lot of options and a lot of different uh, buttons he can push. He being Matt Painter to get the job done. Alan almost triggered me there for a second, uh, Jeff, because he started talking about uh, being number one and what it should be and all that. And then I remember uh, that somebody uh, from Louisville happened to uh, think that Auburn was the second best team in the country and better than uh, <laughs> and better than Purdue. And then uh, that's why, hey, you know, at this time of the year, Alan, we really do get lost in a lot of uh, the rankings. We get lost in the net. We get lost in the Ken Palm because, quite frankly, some of the stuff just doesn't make any any damn sense to me when you stack it up against other teams, and I think it gets us all there. But that's the joy of being a fan, though, right? Is that kind of pain and suffering of being stuck at number two in the net and you know number two in Ken Palm and number two in the country, even though you you, you compare the resumes and you go, ah, come on, I, I, I'm terrible at math, but even I can figure this out. Well, I think too that you know you might you might think, well, wait, uh, that's a, it's a good thing that Purdue's not playing Rutgers when it's no, not when it's number <laughs> number two. So, I like where his head's at. Uh, you know, I do think that uh, you know that's part, that's right. That's it's part of being a fan. I think the thing that and being somebody that's an observer to the games, you, Purdue just has to stick to what it's doing. Uh, it's been doing it well. Uh, they're they're doing just about everything as well as they can do it. Uh, I, not turning the ball over, just doing the things it has to. If it does that, there just aren't many teams out there that are going to beat Purdue. I mean, that, that's just all there is to it. Now, there are te- any game, any, you know, we know the, the three-point line is as fickle as it can get, uh, and you can always run that risk. But when you've got, you know, the thing I think has been is as impressive, and maybe not as much in the Michigan game, but, you know, again, that was such a, that was such a lopsided game. But the fact that Purdue has defaulted, especially in the Indiana and Iowa road games, to getting the ball into Edie, and when all else fails, even you know they do that. As long as they continue to do that and then work from there, uh, I like Purdue to get to, uh, to to win this whole thing. To be honest, and I think that that's uh, there's no guarantee and no jinx, but I'm just saying that that's uh, that's the fundamental thing Purdue's doing. Don't turn the ball over. Play decent defense and let Edie. Uh, do what he does, and if he does that, if they do that, uh, Purdue's going to be really hard to beat. And Alan, is it true that when you want to go to a Pacer game and not have your adoring yeah. fans recognize you, do you also wear sunglasses like a certain seven foot four Canadian did last night? Yeah, I just saw that uh, on social media. He's uh, yeah, I think those sunglasses are really a way to hide. I know that's my issue. I, I tend to. I tend to wear a. Works for Clark Kent. You work at work as a stocking cap. Uh, it, it, the problem is that Zach Eady is is a foot and a half taller oh, than okay, I am. Okay. So so he's got uh, some other recognizable characteristics. I thought that was fun last night, it, and it's it, good to see. Here's a guy that uh, uh, is going to be playing in that league, and and his draft stock uh, uh, is now with, they're talking about lottery for him, which is great, and I, I, I hope it remains that way for him and. And, uh, you know, the only thing, and you just want to make sure, no matter what happens in this whole thing for Purdue, you want to make sure that you, that you take your full shot. In other words, you just want to make sure everybody's healthy uh, by the time you get to the tournament and, and you have your full chance against, uh, uh, against the field, so to speak. If that happens, again, uh, I like Purdue's chances. Alan Karp at goldenblack.com, the website. Get yourself that subscription. You can gift them as well. Makes the perfect Valentine's Day gift, I'm telling you. Forget roses and all that stuff. Get yourself a subscription for your honey over at uh, at uh, goldenblack.com. Alan, it's always a pleasure talking ball with you on a Friday. Thanks so much, bud.
right, thanks so much. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalides. Over there is Jeff Julik. And back over on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, we go. And uh, Mr. Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, is on with us here. And um, well, first off, okay, so you know Nate uh, on, on the football post game. What some of you might not know about Nate is, Nate, you do a good job of hosting uh, these little pregame things for the uh, fancy ticket holders before the games, right? What's that called? Yeah, we call that Chalk Talk. Chalk, chalk Talk, yes. It's the, it's the Spurgeon Club, so all the leather seat holders uh, are eligible to come in for that, and, and they've tried to really make it into something over the years. Uh, we had a few weeks back the 50th anniversary, 74 NIT champs, and then a big one coming up uh, for Troy Lewis's bobblehead night. Uh, Troy Lewis will be our guest before the IU game on February 10th. So so Nate does this, and Nate, you do this before uh, the some of the women's games too, correct? We do. You do? Uh, well, Amy Anthrop, the director of ops for Purdue Women's Basketball, has been our recent guest. In Fantastic there. lady, and, uh, my so neighbor. Yeah. So, yeah, yep. we always we always uh, do it uh, during uh, several Big Ten games, both men's and women's. So the reason I brought that up with Nate is uh, I, I did the PA on Sunday for the women's game against Indiana. Nate almost, and, and this is not a stretch to accuse him of this, um, you almost got Amy Anthrop kicked out of the building. I don't know if you realize that. Wow. Well, you told me that after the fact. I felt very bad that Amy... Uh, did not appear to be credentialed enough no. to make it to the bench. <laughs> so she doesn't. So she's not wearing a credential. So she goes up to you know Spurgeon there and does the thing, and then she comes back through the seating area, right, with all the leather seats and stuff. So she's trying to get back on the court, and the security guy's like, "No, you don't have the credential, no." And she's like, "No, no, no, I'm on the staff and stuff." And it took like three of us and another security guy to be like, "No," and the guy was just doing his job. I'm no, we're not criticizing the guy. He's just doing his job. Uh, poor Amy couldn't even get back on the court. Right? Well, Here's here's the Paul Harvey on that, okay, the rest of the story. I feel extra bad after you said that, Jared, because we only scripted four questions and I and I had I chose to give her some bonus questions, so I held her probably three or four questions longer (laughs) than I normally would have, and then you text me that. And I'm like, I might have cost her to the bench. Oh, oh my goodness, Nate! Could have been a technical foul and everything too. It could have been all Nate and Barrett's fault. I think, uh, <laughs> I think your status in the Anthrop uh, family just went down a few well, notches. So. And, and here was one of the bonus questions that caused her all this dismay. I oh, said, no. I've got to, I've got to know as the director of ops, first for softball, now for basketball. I go, where's the best place to eat in the Big Ten? So that's what I held her up for. Oh, geez. Was to find out where's the best place to eat in the Big Ten. You could have been more fun like me and ask, uh, if it's a game of horse, who wins, you or your husband? Uh, oh, I should have done oh, I, I like that. She wins hands down. Yeah, she has told me. I've she'll, asked her this before. She'll take she Jay down me. on that one. Yeah, she's so. told me. That's not a yeah. doubt. She's got all yeah. the confidence. She's she a great lady. She, uh, she did. She said, I'm very competitive. Yes, she, 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 well, she was a heck of a coach at Clint Prairie. <laughs> We all, nice just, job there, so. we all just agreed after the incident, though, that she'll just say she's Katie Gerald's next time. And that should take care of most of the problems there. All right, let's get into let's get into some men's basketball here. Tuesday night, big win over uh, Michigan. There, um, you know, the state of that program being what it was, uh, it it does not look like. Uh, I mean, it looks like they're going to be hiring a football and a basketball coach all in in the course of a couple months, which is crazy. But uh, Purdue looked good. Purdue shot well from three. Lance Jones. Um, I think we knew that he was going to be all right, but as we talked with Alan at the top of the show, I don't think fans, when he came across in the transfer portal, uh, fans anticipated anything like this out of Lance Jones. If somebody has exceeded expectations, uh, it is definitely that young man. 
Well, of everybody that, that Matt's brought in, uh, you know, in these, in these grad transfer situations, uh, I think Lance has exceeded expectations the most. And I think Matt's done a good job with each of them. I think each of them, you know, whether it's Evan Budrow or some of the others, ever, ever, Evan, uh, all of them have brought something to the table, Evan Boudreau. Uh, but this guy has clearly brought the most to the table. The guy can flat out ball. And uh, he, I think it's also interesting that, you know, in Matt's post game talking about, uh, you know, he's, they didn't really expect him to need to be able to score like he has, but, but adding that dimension uh, of extra scoring punch and the ability to dribble, drive, and shoot, uh, man, it takes a lot of burden off uh, Edie and, and the other Purdue Boilermakers uh, that you have another explosive guy. And, and I think most of all, you know, we all know the heartbreak of the last few years, and one of the things missing we know last year at the end was just that that need for that uh, guy like a Carson Edwards that can go, you know, things aren't going that well. Somebody has to come down, be able to just get a shot, create a shot, and he can do that. And so uh, what a boost to have him on the a roster. And then they exploit a, a Wolverines team that, uh, you know, has fallen on hard times. And, uh, you know, three years ago, think of it, guys, uh, they were rocking and rolling and, and, you know, blew Purdue off the board one night, a tired Purdue team, but still up in Ann Arbor, uh, the, you know, the worst that Purdue got beat all year uh, in J- that Jaden Ivey season. So uh, from where they were that night to the Michigan, we saw uh, in Mackey early shooting 20% from field goal range uh, in the first half of that game, um, just everything going against the, the Wolverines at this point. And Nate, how the Boilermakers uh, solve the uh, mystery of losing at the uh, rack in uh, Jer- Jersey Mike Arena? I mean, they've uh, they've struggled there the last few times up there, but uh, this year seems a little bit different. I think they need to uh, pay homage to Jersey Mike's by making sure that that's the pregame meal. Like, <laughs> instead of eating Jersey Mike's, we're going to get into the Jersey Mike's groove and. Uh, you know, get hey, Danny Rutgers, DeVito to deliver it while we're at it. Yeah, yeah, get Danny DeVito, whatever you got to do, because hey, the Scarlet Knights are nine and one at home, and uh, they haven't been any good away. But uh, at, like Northwestern guys, I was talking about that with my wife this morning. You know, these these small gyms like Northwestern Rutgers, uh, the, you know, Northwestern's been renovated, of course, and Jersey Mike still has that very old look to it. But you know that that's a different feel, and the fans are right on top of you. It's an intimate arena. And uh, a tough place uh, to play anywhere in the Big Ten is difficult. But for some reason, you know, Peichel still has, has done a, really a fine job with that program. And, and they play like he coaches hardcore. And, you know, they of course, they don't have Mulcahy this year. And, and Paul gave Boilermakers a lot of difficulty the last couple of years. But uh, this is one especially, guys, that with the Nebraska and Northwestern road losses, you really need to pick this one up. And here I am, just uh, I almost blacked out for most of Nate's answer because now I just started thinking about uh, Danny DeVito delivering jersey mics to Zach Eady and then getting that picture of DeVito <laughs> and Eady next to each other. That would be. Well, uh, I like that. And by the can we all agree that DeVito for jersey mics is one of the best fitting uh, folks? <laughs> Spokespersons like that's a whoever cast him as the spokesperson for Jersey Mike's. It, it's perfect. He's done a great job. With All him. right, that does it. I've got to have Jersey Mike for lunch. There now. you go. So. Not even a sponsor of this program. They should be though. Yeah. That's their fault. They so. should be. We're talking with Nate Barrett here on the uh, Blue Fox Eating Cooling uh, Hammerhead Hotline and. You know, one of the things we haven't talked about in this uh, program at all today, Jeff, and, and because we, I think we're all in awe of Lance Jones and, and what this team was doing, putting up nearly 100 points on Tuesday night, is we've left off the fact that for three quarters of that game, 
on Tuesday. Zero turnovers, Nate. The, the, the bugaboo, the one thing that we start out every preview of that team with is Purdue not beating Purdue with turnovers. Uh, they did a fantastic job for three-fourths of that game there and not allowing one of them. Uh, I feel like that's one of the storylines that kind of uh, got overlooked on Tuesday. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think it's a great storyline. And, you know, Peacock, the broadcast, had Matt on headset after the game, and they asked Matt, they said, uh, this was a great win all around, Coach. Uh, was there anything you can pick on that you weren't pleased with? And Matt actually talked about rebounding. He thought the Boilermakers could have done a better job in the rebounding side of the game, but uh, it certainly wasn't turnovers yet to, to be as sharp as they were early. And then the other benefit is that Meadie only has to go 25, a uh, little over 25 minutes, plays less than 26 minutes total. Same for Braden Smith. That's huge, guys, because those guys, uh, they need a little breather tucked in here and there. So for them to be able to, you know, have about 15 minutes off in that game uh, is big. And Nate, I tell you what, our, our our second team has just been amazing this year. I mean, you know, they third they, team's been amazing for. Pete well, that's Six. true too. Let's go deep there, but hey, uh, the, the, yeah, you know, I mean, when you look at the, the players coming off the bench, I mean, they're so unselfish because you know, let's face it, if they were playing 25, 30 minutes a game, they'd be putting up some serious numbers. And you know, this team just knows their roles, and they come off and. Uh, you know, I would argue that we made ha- our, our second team uh, might finish, uh, you know, with uh, eight or nine victories in the conference alone, just because they're that good. Yeah, yeah. So let's say, let's say your starters are Gillis, Morton, Heidi, First, and Colvin, and you've got to go win uh, a number of leagues in this country. You know, can you do it with that group? And the answer is yes. And then, uh, you know, Brian Waddell having his great moment with the dunk off the bench. And, you know, of course, they're going to keep working on developing Will Berg. But, uh, you know, it's amazing. When you look at Gillis, Morton, Heidi, First, and Colvin, you go, man, that's a five that can win a lot of games a lot of places. That's uh, That harkens back to a few years ago, and I can hear it on Big Ten Network hollering about Grady Eifert. Hey, what do you mean start out another Big Ten team? Uh-huh, uh, that's what that yeah, sounds, and then uh-huh. they still go out there and win. That's what that second lineup sounds like it's uh, chock full of here. Nate Beard. Uh, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Uh, big weekend for the Boilers uh, with uh, Sunday's game against Rutgers, Wednesday against Northwestern. Uh, Nate, which one of those are you looking forward to getting a win in more? Is it the Rutgers game on the road, or is it that uh, is it welcoming back in Northwestern for what one of my uh, Twitter followers once called a generational butt kicking? Yeah, you you need them all, right? You need you, you need them both. Which There's one are you gonna big... enjoy more, though? Northwestern, without well, doubt. You, you can't wait to just uh, watch the Boilermakers uh, give it to Northwestern because they deserve it. <laughs> That's right. They haven't been in Mackey. It seems like forever. It. But you know, you know what? It. If it gets to ninety-nine, hold off again because you do. You got to keep it below hundred to thank them for beating the Illini the other night. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How that, kind that of was. Uh, that was enjoyable. Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Uh, he is uh, the best. Try not to get any more staff members in trouble this week. All right. I'll be at Jersey Mike, fellas. <laughs> Hang Bye-bye. tight. We're coming back with plenty more Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017.com. Welcome back to the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Jess Elias and Jeff Julek. Big thank you to Alan and uh, Nate for being on. But uh, now is the time, buddy. We'd like to take a look uh, at the Big Ten as a whole, look at the race, where everybody's at, and then preview our games that we want to see this week. As for the standings, 
Uh, a little bit of a change here with Northwestern's win over Illinois. Uh, so that has uh, kind of pared it down here a little bit. Wisconsin still on top at 7-1. and one. Purdue a half game back at 7-2. and two. Your 5-3 and three teams are Illinois and Northwestern. That puts them two games back. Not necessarily out of it with the... What, uh, 11, 12 games, something like, what are we up to here? Yeah. Yeah, 12 uh, games. About 12 games back for most of us here. So, uh, not necessarily out of it, but that's, yeah, uh, that's a lot to get back into the mix there. Uh, Nebraska at five and four sits two and a half out. And then, uh, probably done, but uh, still respectable in the middle of the conference, four and four, uh, Indiana, four and four, Michigan State. Remember when state started out 0 oh, and 2 and then yep. it was going to be you know it was it was curtains Yep they're 4 uh, and 2 cents and like it's 1920s it's curtains for you see curtains I tell you <laughs> Uh Maryland at 4 and 5 Ohio so your Buckeyes you 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 gassed up these guys oh, for me and they're goodness. 3 and 5 They are not looking good they uh lost that Michigan and uh, you know they uh they're disappointing, but we're counting on them to help us out here as they uh, have Illinois coming up. So Minnesota at three and five, who again I think they're better than. But we put the bar pretty low on Minnesota, but they've exceeded that bar. I, I will comfortably say that they missed fifteen free throws the other night against Wisconsin, or they win that game. Total. I mean, so they they are uh, they're not bad and they're not great, but they're a heck of a lot better than last year. Speaking of uh, letdown, how about Iowa three and five? They couldn't hit anything at home from three the other day. You know, they started season 0 and 3, and they're uh, 3 and 2 cents. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Boilermakers, um, you know, went into Hawkeye Arena and just played really well. And, and that's what happens after that. Uh, teams don't seem to fare well after losing to Boilermakers. Yeah, they let Maryland come in there and beat them in their barn. And that yeah. just was not something that I had nope. uh, happening. And uh, it was kind of embarrassing. Penn State also at 3 and 5. Rutgers at two and five, Michigan down there at two and six. Ouch. Yeah, that's, uh, that's tough out there. Let's take a look at what the schedule holds for us this week. No Big Ten basketball last night, uh, I believe, is a violation of the Geneva it is. Convention. It is, should absolutely. It should be an investigation. Uh, but there is one game tonight here. Michigan State at 13th ranked Wisconsin. That spread at uh, two and a half in favor of Wisconsin, Jeff. Well, I tell you what, the way the Spartans play, and uh, you know, I look for them to. Help. I, you know, I'm I'm not completely sold on Wisconsin right now. I mean, I I'm not they, completely sold on the Michigan State revival. True, I mean, but they got off to a good start, and you know, they're starting to play some well, tougher they, they games now. Rutgers, they beat Minnesota and yeah, at Maryland. But they I mean, won, uh, you know. hold on, stop the presses here. Yeah, uh, this team's on fire, like, and it's not even like they're super impressed. Like the the Maryland win by was like two. I know it's on the road and it's at Maryland, but when it's all bro. said and done, I think I think Wisconsin will have six losses in the conference. That's my prediction. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens here tonight. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not ready to declare anything on that. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about that one. Saturday, though, you know it's uh, it's for the boys. It's for basketball. And it kicks off at noon with Nebraska at Maryland, followed by Indiana at Illinois. And oh uh, you think, you, you think uh, you're think you an Indiana fan tomorrow, huh? I, I, you know, I never. You're, you're Indiana, an Indiana but, fan tomorrow? Uh, I think Why? I have to. I mean, Why, someone... though? Uh, why are you taking? Why do you want Indiana over Illinois? There is it the fans? Is it the DSJ just, stuff? Is it the no, standings so in that. the it's Big just, Ten? This is purely for the standings. The, no, their, their team just turns me off. I mean, you got you got Hawkins at the free throw line the other night, jumping up and down because they weren't giving him the basketball in time. You know, you got Harmon who is. We tried to fight a who, guy too afterwards. Didn't yeah, he? exactly. Harmon is squatted down. They have to pick him up and push him. To, a coach pushes him towards the lock to the huddle because he's pouting because he didn't get a foul. I'm just not a big Illinois fan right now, and and uh, you know, 
And obviously, if Indiana wins, it does help the Boilermakers in the standing. So, Iowa at Michigan, 5 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Ugh. Uh, 6.30, Minnesota and Penn State. Ugh. And then we wrap it up with Ohio State at Northwestern at 8.30 Ugh. on BTN. That could get ugly. Ugh. That is not a Saturday. That's yep. not a way to spend a Saturday, buddy. I tell you, you know, you get all those games and, uh, you know, just uh, – the only game that really interests me is probably that Indiana-Illinois game. You're watching NFL. Don't we have NFL Saturday No, it's night? all Sunday. Oh, golly. All Sunday. Jeez, does that interfere with Purdue Rutgers? No, because they're later. Oh, thanks. Thank the Lord. 1 o'clock, Fox, Purdue, Rutgers, Piscataway. Uh, the senior class has never won at Jersey Mike's Arena. Well, you know, a few years ago, we went in there and absolutely destroyed Rutgers, and that was a game that uh, uh, Shaquille Taylor had, uh, had what, uh, 15 points in like four minutes of playing time at the end of the game. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I, I, I look for that to happen again. So. Ooh, fond memories. Yep. Fond memories there. No Big Ten basketball on Monday. Uh, here's hot take. I'm actually okay with having one day off during the uh, middle of the week. It lets me get stuff done. I uh, get to bed a little bit earlier. True. You know, you can use it. It, it helps out. It lets me diversify what I'm doing. I'm not locked in. <laughs> yeah, but I can use a little extra sleep. Come on. Yeah, everybody could. Tuesday, head on over to the Peacock. We're 10th uh, ranked, uh, well, won't be 10th at that point. Illinois takes on Ohio State in Value City Arena. At 7 o'clock on BTN, it's Iowa heading into Assembly Hall. And, and boy, then, that's going to be an interesting Yeah, very interesting there. And then 9 o'clock, it's Peacock, Michigan, and Michigan State. Yeah, that Iowa-Indiana game is, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Woodson. I, how, much, how much more legs does that have? Well, it you know, seems I like mean, it's really coming off the rails. If they would have any hope of NCAA tournament, which is so slim, but they've got to beat Illinois because they just don't have any quad one wins. They spent all that money already to get the football program up and running. Exactly. This is not the year to be letting letting this go. Yeah, you know, and and you know, so and Iowa can shoot, and and that's the problem with with Indiana. They leave the three point shooters open, and uh, you know, if Iowa goes in there and starts hitting some threes, I would not be surprised for Iowa to win that game. Well, the way they shot uh, the other night, though, at home against Maryland, I'm not hanging. True. I'm not hanging my hat on that one, my friend, that's for sure. That gets us out to uh, Wednesday. Northwestern at Purdue, 630 yeah, BTN. Yum, yum, come get you some. Uh, they've got payback coming, that's for sure. 830 after that one. Uh, you can stick around for Penn State at Rutgers if you so choose. Yeesh. I'm going to go to bed. I think you should. You know, after they, uh, you know, we didn't get home from that uh, Michigan game to like eleven thirty the other night, so it's uh, nice to have that six thirty tip off. And then we get BTN uh, on Thursday, just one game with Scanson at Ooh, Nebraska. I like that one. Oh, finally, we got something with some intrigue. I like some that promise one. here outside of Purdue games, uh, but there's no denying it, Jeff. That's uh, that's not the tastiest lineup of the uh, of. The month, that's for sure. No, it's not. And the Boilermakers just need to take care of business and get those two wins. And, you know, and Purdue has not had a lot of home games. I mean, they've had more road games than home games. And so they're going to get a stretch here where they start to get some home games. I'm and, just excited for the five day break for them here and get yeah. a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a uh, yeah. break there, too. You know, I used had a seven day break. So, you know, everybody gets those. I think so Wisconsin that. is on theirs, too. And they're still like yeah. a game behind everybody. So, right. I mean, you get jam packed there. So, I don't know, it's a little things that you got to consider here uh, moving forward. And uh, that's going to do it, Jeff, uh, for another edition of the Boiler Basketball Show. Thank you to Kyle Charters, by the way, for filling in for me last week. Do appreciate that. He did a great job. So 
Um, uh, I am back. I'm glad to be back here. Big thank you to Alan Karpik. Also, thank you to Nate Barrett for being our guest. They're always great. Don't forget, you can always go back and listen to these episodes uh, on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, as well as 1017thehammer.com. We'll see you back here next week for the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017thehammer and 1017thehammer.com.